All right, everybody, here we are. Uh, Sugar Me the Mooney, episode 48. Uh, it's uh, you know, Saturday, April 17th, 2021. Saturday night we're recording. Uh, I'm here with Shug. Shug, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, of course. Last week, like I detailed, I had my vaccination. Um, but what happened was over the weekend, I got like a little cold. And, you know, as a person with allergies and asthma, like I said, in 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 that segment last week you know around this time of the year usually that's when i start to get like a little cold or a little um fever and stuff like that so i had that over the weekend but i just wanted to point out how like dangerous like people's rhetoric is we took the johnson and johnson and of course if you've been watching the news like there was six six people or there were six cases mm-hmm. where these people got like blood clots. One of them was fatal. Um, I know one thing they had in common is that they took the Johnson and Johnson. And I myself, I was like very like, you know, petrified, terrified. Um, at the possibility of like, all right, like, cause and at the time I was going through a cold, so I'm like, oh no. But in reality, it's like when you look at it, it's like six people out of like six million that got like the shot. Um, they were all women between 18 and 48. So I was out of the, the range. Um, and who knows? It could have been something that between all of them that had nothing to do with the shot. But, you know, like while I was sick and I wasn't like feeling good at all, like couldn't breathe my my, my um, nostrils were kind of like congested I'm sitting there and I'm like and I had a fever and I'm like oh my god like what if this is it like there's so much in my life I didn't get to do and part of yeah definitely I was like mm-hmm. all my friends have Elizabeth I'm coming home um but deleting, yeah. your, deleting your browser oh, I can't have anyone oh, see yeah. this you know <laughs> no this is it just like what, once I started seeing the light, just throw my laptop at the wall, break it, break it over my foot. Um, but nah, like you know, I'm just saying that's how dangerous like people's rhetoric is, like the anti-vaxxers, where it's like, oh, like you took that, that shot, now you're gonna like turn into like a lizard person or something, you know what I'm saying? Or like in reality, like, oh, like you're gonna die. Um and that's why I say, like, if you don't want to take the shot, then cool. But you don't need to, like, you know, impose your ideas and theories on people that actually do. And it was especially scary for somebody like me who actually took the shot. Because now, like, you know, all of these people is, like, reposting, oh, like, you took the Johnson & Johnson, Johnson & Johnson, like, you're going to die. Um it was like a scary couple of days, but I'm feeling much better now. That's why I'm here with, with y'all. What actually happened was I, I, I drank because I was cooking. Mm. And because I was kind of feeling better last Saturday. And I drank like a beer and um, like a shot of whiskey. And then like my body started to be like, okay, buddy, like it was too soon for that. And that's when I started feeling really sick again. But I'm good now. It's been on my first beer since last week. And I feel pretty fine um, going forward. So, 
you know, you got to get out the thing. I think like a lot of the anti-vaxxers or the people that's against taking a vaccination, I think they're just scared to take it. And they're just trying to like reassure themselves of their own fear, oddly enough. So that's what's going on. The other thing that's going on is I want to send out a shout out and prayers and well wishes to the families of George Floyd, uh, Dante Wright, and Adam Toledo, who was 13 years old. Like, you know, they were showing pictures of the kid and it was like, oh, you know how they go about it. Oh, they're showing pictures of him when he was young so he could look innocent. And it's like, dude, like, kid was literally in like seventh grade when a cop shot him um down you know in an alley in chicago so once again you know america has failed us in um it's policing so you know we'll see hopefully friday i think like the verdict from the Derek chauvin trial should come out and we'll see how that goes hopefully it's a positive result um uh, me and Mike will talk about it, but like I said, prayers mm-hmm. and well wishes to those families as well as the several other families who have lost someone to um, police brutality. I was actually going to do a story time because last week was mm-hmm. the anniversary of a very scary night in my life where I had an interaction with police and I was kind of going to explain on that. So that should be coming sometime in the next week or so. So look out for that. Well, I'm glad that you showed your film better. Uh, that was after we recorded last week's episode. And also uh, when we recorded uh, after 47, our last episode, I f- finally got an appointment. So I'll be getting mine in the next, by the next episode probably, or maybe the that day of. Um, but it was random when I did it. It, it didn't tell me which uh, which one it was going to be. And it, it turns out I'm taking the Pfizer one. So it's, it's a two shot thing. So Yeah, that's probably because they put I, the, the pause on it. Yeah, but this actually, yeah, yeah, maybe. But this was like, like a day before the day of it happened, so I don't know yet. Uh, but I, whatever, it, it's not really a concern of mine. Uh, just the fact that you know I'd have to go twice, and now they're also saying that uh, it's going to be like kind of like the flu shot, where if even if you get the Pfizer in like eight to twelve months, you have to get like a third one, and then I think going forward it would be like a yearly thing anyway. So that's what happened during the week uh, regarding the yeah, COVID. You got these shots for everything. You get like a tuberculosis shot. You get your flu shot. Yeah. You get your hepatitis shot. Like all of that. It, it's nothing like new. It's just like this COVID just like popped up out of nowhere. And, you know, now they figured out a way that we could at least contain it. Or um, that's all the thing too. The reason for the vaccine is like, it's not that it cures it. And it's not that it gives you like uh immune you know you become immune to getting it what happens is is as we've seen over five million or so people worldwide have died from it it makes it so that you end up um if you do get it it's not something that would have you to be hospitalized um it make it like a mild case um, or even worse, like it's, it's something that would not make it deadly to you. So, um, that's the best thing f- for people going forward is to take the vaccine. But if you want to take the vaccine, then, you know, that's on you. And like me and Mike said last week, like if you don't get to take advantage of the pleasures of things that used to be normal because of it, then that's on you. You can't blame 
society for restricting you because obviously this was no joke like this is near this is more than a year that we've been going through this pandemic like it's not even over like and this is the way we get to being close to it being over and also you got to have uh the paperwork too uh if when we go to the yankee game this year we're gonna have our paperwork to get in you got it right there yeah so people are already getting um denied at places so i heard um I think um, all the NBA places are like letting people in again. There you go. There we go. Yep. Yeah, keep that. Is that? Uh, can you fit that in your wallet? Oh, I'm gonna keep that in my wallet. Unfortunately, it's a little too big. Yeah, you can't. But let's guess what? It fits in your back pocket, ladies. Yeah. It fits in your purse. I'm gonna wear a suit jacket now. Just keep it in there like a handkerchief. Yeah. Uh, yeah. La- so yeah, get it laminated. <laughs> so so you you know you were excited. You were you were watching WrestleMania. You had a few drinks and you felt and you got sick. I'm sorry to hear that, but yeah, it was WrestleMania weekend. It was watch, WrestleMania weekend. I had the watch of night two. Um, didn't drink any beers. I was drinking like tea with like turmeric <laughs> in it. With a robe, <laughs> robe yeah. on. Uh, making comments about it, you know. Uh, but yeah, so so WrestleMania was last week. Um. And I wanted to talk about it also because it's like the start of the new year for like WWE and pretty much just like wrestling. There's like the new season because WrestleMania is over. And the first story that comes out is uh, uh, the, the releases. WWE released uh, many other talent. Uh, and it's like the one year, it was a one year anniversary of when they did it uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. So that had Twitter uh, in the internet wrestling community up in arms. So uh, we're going to talk about that in this, in, in our episode 48. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I have a, I have different viewpoints on it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna come at it in different angles as a fan and also just as like in like a corporate way. Uh, we're gonna get into that, uh, and then we're also gonna talk about uh, our. Hey, you know what? Last night, I mean, we were watching the Knicks last night. Good game, the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time since 2014, right? Five in a row. First time since 2014, I believe. Yeah, like Luca Magic. Um, even though Luca was far from magical and his team lost, but that's what ESPN was telling you because God forbid they give the Knicks any credit. I mean, they had the guy made the graphic, so they had to show it. You know, they were ready for it. They didn't realize they had a record. They had a, they had a ready. Was, it was the was, first time I watched Sports Center in three years. I, I was tweeting. I, I tweeted. I was like, I saw the the graphic. It was like on you know up next on Sports Center. I'm like, bro, it's like four minutes left, and like they're down. Like eight, like what do you like do now? That's when you kind of get in our conspiracy, because all of a sudden, yeah. like imagine like now this dude's getting like all these foul calls and and all these ticky tack stuff because it's on ESPN and they need it to be um a down to the wire game. But yeah, Mike. Yeah. So uh, last week we started. We're gonna start a new tradition. Last week we talked about Shug. What, what was it again? What's the new catchphrase, Shug? Let's say it all <laughs> yeah. together now. Shug new. Yeah. So uh, this week's edition is uh, you retweeted something you wrote about Spike about a year yeah, ago. Yeah, right? I'm surprised like, my Knicks people didn't even like retweet it because I <laughs> I had said last year when the whole thing with Spike happened, which <laughs> ironically was like a week before. Um, the the shutdown like when the league suspended um yeah, you were still with, you were when, still uh you were still uh, part under the umbrella mm-hmm. um 
And we, as I said, I was like, you know, if you think about it, Spike Lee being like the face of the Knicks and basically like our unofficial mascot, it coincided with the Knicks basically being asked for like the past 20 years. Because I remember that's what everybody was saying at the time. It's like, oh, we lost Spike. Like, Spike was your most loyal fan, and now you lost him. Like, now the Knicks are going to be in this, like, downturn. And I'm like, you know, as a Knicks fan, it's like, literally, like, the only way is up. Like, okay, like, so now, like, Spike Lee can't be annoying. And I'm like, on top of that, remember, like, Spike Lee's claim to fame is the fact that, like, he egged on Reggie Miller and... Mm. caused him to like um score like eight points in like eight seconds or something like that and the Knicks to lose a playoff oh, game. Oh uh, yeah, and they yeah. did like a whole documentary on it winning time. So like my thing was mm. like could you because I'm like could you imagine like okay I went to Yankee Stadium last year and we you know me and Mike is is there like you know drunk off our um Spanish bar presidentes and we, Dominican. we unofficial Dominican yeah yeah and we're you know in the bleachers at the bullpen like and ben, uh Justin Verlander is like warming up or what was the pitching Zach Greinke was pitching our game right I mean we lost the game yeah. but imagine like we was like egging him on and talking shit, and then it comes out like Shug Me the Mooney was like, um, cursing uh, Zach Greinke, and then he comes out and throws like a one hit shutout with like sixteen strikeouts, and how the Yankees on a brink of elimination. It's like, all right, those dudes aren't Yankees fans. Like they literally like where like this guy probably would have pitched regular and we would have had a chance. It's like he they, he he they, he gave them that extra ammunition. Some point is long story short, I know I went on, but my thing is I was like perhaps and I tweet this is this was a tweet that Mike is referencing. I said I was like, you know, Spike Lee being like the face of the Knicks, which is fucking hazardous enough as to begin with. Um, and the Knicks really being like a joke of the NBA world or even a sports world, um, the common denominator is Spike Lee. I'm like, perhaps this is the exorcism that we need. And, you know, it kind of went on deaf ears. And then look at this year now, Spike Lee distanced himself from mm-hmm. the Knicks. And guess what? The Knicks are like the surprise story of the NBA. And like, they're really, really good. And people are starting to recognize that. And like Mike said, as of recording, we're on a five-game win streak. Hopefully tomorrow afternoon against New Orleans, it carries on. And when this episode is released, we'll be on a six-game winning streak. So let's keep it up, Knicks. Right. Yeah, and then this year we have a it's, we have a play to get in type thing too. So who knows? Even if we have a bad losing streak, we can, you know we'll get into that maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So of course now they have it. You know we could have used that, but. Um, yeah, so the five game, that's great. Uh, but, of course, you know, on Twitter, people are talking shit about Knicks fans no matter what. You know, even the, you know guys like us who stuck around. So that's something that's a pet peeve of mine. And that's one of our topics this week. It's uh, sport fans, pet peeves. Uh, we're going to get into that. Um, Shug, you already told me you have a, a lot of things you want to say about that. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'll give you my little uh, two cents on that. 
And that's going to be episode uh, 48. Yes, sir. All right. So I'm scrolling through Twitter the other day and a video popped up real random, nothing big, nothing captivating the Twitterverse or on the Twittersphere as Ice Cube's character in 2021 Jump Street would say. Um, so there's this guy who does like these um skits and he's part of like the the Barstool family. I'm not gonna hold it against him. Um if you recall, if I'm not mistaken, um last year me and Mike used to talk about it at work, like he used to do these videos where it was like um he kind of like do like these post date interviews in the same vein of like how like athletes do like post um post-game interviews or pre-game interviews um, where they answer questions from reporters. Uh, so we had different scenarios, like the first date, meeting the parents, the breakup. It was all funny stuff. Hilarious. I loved it. Um, so he put out this new one, a new um, TikTok video, where he's the waiter of a bar or a restaurant and Mike, I don't know if you ever done this, but I'm um, a serial um, perpetrator of this, which is, you know, I go to a bar and or a restaurant, there's a TV up, they have a game on, and I want to see, like, one of my teams play or um, if it's, like, a big game elsewhere, like, like I'll um, ask to, to – um, for them to to put the TV on our channel. Um, but, you know, if you're in like, or, you know, if you're in Disney World or like Orlando and you want to see like a Yankee game, like I can understand that. But I always found my pet peeve is having to ask a restaurant that's in the area. Mm. Like, hey, can can you change the channel? Um, so mm. it got me thinking, I was like, what is, what are my biggest sports, my biggest pet peeves as a sports fan? And Mike, who's also a fan of sports, he, he probably also have some as well. So I'm going to begin with that. So having to ask a waiter to change the channel and I have like a personal story. There was like a um, restaurant, um, that my family frequents. And there was a night, there was like a Nick game. Um, they were playing Oklahoma City. And unfortunately, it was a night that it's on, uh, it, you know, it, it has the national TV game. And then there's like the Brooklyn Nets game also playing. So that's something that's like a, a common issue in New York. We have two teams for everything. In hockey, we actually have three, if you include the Devils. Um, so hmm. sometimes they'll play one team, they'll show one team playing and not show the other team. But in this particular restaurant, they had on the Nets game and then they had on the national TV game. And it wasn't even like, oh, all right, it's like the Lakers or like, you know, LeBron's playing or it's like, um, you know, another like famous team or whatever playing. It's just like, uh New Orleans and like Milwaukee. Um right. Like it wasn't like last night. Like last night we had uh Clippers and uh Nets, you know what I mean? It wasn't like that type of game. Exactly. You know I mean? So it was like that type of deal. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they had on the Nets game and the national game. And I'm like, excuse, you know, we sat down. And obviously it's, it's during like COVID. So it's like, that's a, another layer to it. It's like you, you're sitting in a certain section. So it's like, I'm looking at this like particular TV or this is the only TV I could see. And it's like every TV around me was every game, but the Knicks game. So sometimes like, obviously you'd, you'd have your phone um, and you have the app. So I'll be like, all right, like I'm gonna just put it on my phone. But unfortunately, I don't know what it is, but like a lot of restaurants, like they have, once you get in there, like it has like really poor like cell service or their Wi-Fi is like not dependable. So I had to ask and, you know, it's like, oh, I got to ask the manager. I, I, there's a lot of stuff that's like was made fun of in our particular video. I'm like, yeah, like, could you just change it to MSG? I'm like, you have the next game on, you have this game on, like, this is New York. Like, I should not have to be like, yeah. oh, my God, would you mind please putting on a New York Knicks, you know, here in Yonkers, New York? Um, so that's one like of the biggest. Yeah, check out the menu, right? They forget like what is MSG? Like they don't even know what like, they don't even know what MSG is. Like, well, is that a channel? Like, they don't, like I gotta find it. They fiddle with the remote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the bar. Uh so uh, I totally I can I can relate to that. Um can I go in? I have a, a personal experience too with yeah. that. Yeah. So in my neighborhood, it's all Irish bars. And um like I go I get to the bar and I'm looking at the TVs and you you see guys, you know, see like uh soccer, they even have like Aussie rules football playing, and I'm like uh it's the guy it's the freaking uh you know the knicks are on there's a there's a uh, major yankee game on you know like in the fall like september like playoff implications like it's good mm-hmm. you want to watch the game and we have to like uh, ask like the, the bartender or the barmaid like oh can you put on a like msg or whatever and they have to like you know they take out the whole menu like channel or whatever like at the direct tv thing they don't they're like oh i don't know and like, i'm on like euro sports vision quest it's like it's like this weird channel that i never even heard of but that's their that's their thing they, they it's their bar like whatever but again, you're in the Bronx Yonkers area. It's basically it's the playoff implications. Uh, and then when hockey, when the, when the Rangers, yeah, go yeah. No, I was gonna say like also sometimes it's like not even your team is like playing, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, well, like the NBA Finals are on. Like, why are you showing like this? Um, yeah, okay, yeah, Mets game. Um, that's like meaningless. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like that too. That, yeah, that's another dynamic too. It would just be a standard, like regular game, uh, and then it'd be like a major event is happening. Um, yeah, but like when hockey, when we used to go out to the bars, like in college, to watch like the Rangers. This is like the late early two thousand tens, like or late two thousand two thousands, and the Rangers were like really good, and they'd be in the playoffs. And even when they got eliminated, we we wanted to watch the Stanley Cup, and like they had like six TVs, and it was all like pre-taped or like encore presentations of uh uh premier league games and things like that uh and we had to like beg hey, hey you mind if we like watch this and they're like then the guy who had got up and like the other guy with the bar the the beer got up and went down the bar so he, we didn't have he didn't have to watch like uh basketball like he didn't want to let's say it was nba and they all like snicker about the nba because like they don't like oh i don't want to watch the nba you know they don't like like they don't like watching basketball those, those type of bars always kind of uh, irked me with – that was a pet peeve of mine because you uh, you expect uh, – go to a sports sports bar, you, can, you expect to watch, you know, uh, even like um, other like, non, like combat sports too. Like 
you would think that they would be up uh, up on it to watch like UFC stuff too. Like they that was always a challenge too when that was kind of on our menu to watch. Uh, UFC, uh, like it was never like up on on the screens. Um, yeah, that's that's like watching it from from home. What about watching it live? Like when you go to the, the event. Uh, I have a whole thing with the new Yankee Stadium. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about the new Yankee Stadium? It's been twelve years. Um, I don't like the experience so much. The only thing that I will give it uh, props for is the mobility when you're in the uh, like when we went the uh, the bleachers. Like you're not like committed to one seat. You're allowed to walk around. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's other things I don't like about the new the new stadium. Like, for instance, I think one of the times I went there. Um, not with you, like the time prior, I felt that I was at an away game. Twenty-five percent of the of the of the stadium was empty. Twenty-five was people wearing like a Blue Jay shirt, but we were the Yankees were playing like the Orioles, or they were playing they were wearing like you know random uh, Dodgers gear. Like I get that Manhattan and New York City is like a transplant um, metropolis, mm-hmm. but it just makes me feel like I don't have the camaraderie anymore. Like. You know, oh come on, let's go! Like I'm like surrounded by those like a Blue Jays uh, uh, area, and I was like ah, you know, uh, like getting getting like heckled by like Blue Jay fans that aren't even playing the game. It was okay. like that was a that that, that kind of like you ever how about you ever feel that? Mm, at a Yankee game. Okay with it? Nah, I mean like I I haven't been to like a game where the Yankees play the Dodgers, but I do remember there was one time like. The Yankees were playing the Dodgers, and then the, the Dodgers fans, like, took over, like, the left field, like, stand. Because, you know, they dumb, – dumb and the Giants, like, they have, like, a strong, yeah. like, contingent. Sometimes, like, the Cubs. Yeah. Um, But I've never really been to a Yankee game where, like, the opposing team, like, took over. I have been to a Mets game. I went to a Mets game when the Giants, they were playing the the San Francisco Giants. I think it was like the year after they won the World Series, eight or two years after they won the World Series, one of the the one of the three that they won in, in the last decade. And they essentially took over the whole area that I was in. But it was a really like fun experience because I hate the Mets. So, like, I was, you know, obviously I'm yeah. not, like, a San Francisco Giants fan, but they were really giving, like, Mets fans, like, a hard time. But actually, yes, I went to a game that the Yankees were playing the Giants a few years ago. It was me. Um, I don't know if it was Joel. No, I don't think it was Joel. But I went and it had a strong San Francisco Giants um contingent like they travel like real heavy like the Dodgers and the 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 Giants fans like you can't really do anything about it so it was there and it was uh yeah so yeah all right so Mike yeah I did have an experience where it was kind of like heavy and we actually lost our game in extra innings and they were extra like loud um so it, it does happen I went to me and Joel we went to a game in Baltimore and that one was a very heavy Yankee crowd in it. And like the Orioles weren't like, you know, bad, like the Orioles are now at at the time, but we, they did have a strong, we did have like a strong presence in that stadium, but it was, it was cool. Um, But I could see that being a pet peeve being um, feeling like you're at a away, away game in your home stadium. 
Yeah, but like that, yeah, I, yeah, that's cool. You know, I, but more so is the fact that it, uh, also it was the neutral people who didn't have any stake in the game. Like people that work in uh, professionals, they, hey, let's go to the game. But they're wearing like, again, like let's say it was Dodgers versus Yankees, but then it was, they're wearing Toronto Blue Jays. They're wearing uh, Mariners gear and okay. they're indifferent to it. So you don't have the you don't have either energy. You don't have like the pro Yankee with me next to me, and you don't have like the flack from you know oh yeah the playful like back and forth with like a Dodger fan. You have a neutral just there, just just there, you know, because you got tickets yeah, from your boss. You like, know what? And I actually, that is just like that's the that's the true pet peeve of what I was saying. Basically, like that negative that neutral energy is okay. worse. Yeah, because actually you know? is like a pet peeve of mine too. Like when people come to um. A stadium and like they're just wearing like the colors of like a random team it's just like or like yeah what what more likely i see is like you go to a yankee game yankees blue jays this dude's wearing like a david ortiz red sauce jersey or they're wearing like a yeah. david wright mets jersey and it's like bro like go to a mets game or listen, like when yeah. the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, you're more than welcome to come and wear your your crap, like no biggie. That's like if I went to mm. Baltimore and I was wearing, you know, it's a Baltimore um they had like a Baltimore A's game the day after the Yankees left town. So if me and Joel would have went to that game wearing our Yankees stuff, it'd been like, all right, dude, like you're just being a jerk. So I'd wear something else. Um, Like when I went to Mets games, when I've gone to Mets games, I've tried not to wear Yankees stuff. But after a while, like, especially when they got kind of like spicy after the 2015 World Series, um, when they won um, their second World Series game um, of the century, but they still lost the series. Um, I remember how, like, you know, crazy Mets fans were like, oh, we're taking over city, blah, blah, blah. And then the Yankees were back, like, um, not even, like, two years after that. Um, so then I started wearing my Yankee stuff then. Um, but I've refrained from wearing it. I've tried, like, and I've said that, too. Like, when people talk about Jim Dolan, like, oh, he kicks people out for, like, wearing shirts that say sell the team. I'm like, yo, like. If I own you, if you think that's petty, like me, if I owned a sports team and you were wearing the jersey of a team or the hat of a team or any type of gear of a team that's not playing on the court, like I'd want to kick you out too. But that's just me. It's just a weird that that in of itself it was a weird pet peeve. Because still, still in the whole Yankee Stadium, I'm using that as like a little battleground for my pet peeves. So we have that percentage of the crowd. Uh, it looks like it's empty, but there are people there. They're in the buffet. There's a buffet area in the new stadium. I had the experience, the deluxe to experience it once. Uh, they go there, and it's like high-quality filet mignon, like just beautiful, like swordfish and everything. They go there. They watch the game on TV, but they're in the stadium, but they're in the buffet area. They never go out to their seats, so there's no energy. Like There's no energy out in the crowd again. There's like, it's, a, it's a weird... It doesn't feel like the old stadium going in there, the stale popcorn and stale beer and pee, the smell, and you're going up the the, the ramp and you got that. It, it, I don't have that. Maybe I'm just getting older, but I don't have that. There's no energy in the new stadium like that, how it used to be. Because um, then you watch on TV, people think on TV that, oh, no one's there or 
Yeah. No one's coming out to the Yankees, but they're there. They're just in this little. They're I in the thought, bar. Yeah, they're in that's the definitely uh, how it was. They're, yeah, they're in the bar. Yeah. How it was like the first few years that it was there. Like the whole stadium seemed bland. Um, like I remember the first Blind's couple the times. The, the first couple of times I went to Yankee Stadium, like obviously 2009, it's like, oh, it's new stadium. So it's like night and day from like the old stadium. But then like by like 2012, like the novelty wore off. And I remember in like the playoff series, like they had um against like Detroit in the American League Championship Series. Mm-hmm. And one of the Detroit players was like, you know, like coming here is so nice. As you know, compared to when we were playing in Oakland, Oakland, it was loud, like Yankee Stadium, it's so quiet. And guess what? The Yankees got swept. Um, obviously, yeah. in 2015 in a wild card game, it got back to that, you know, old Yankee Stadium. Because remember, that used to be the thing about the old Yankee Stadium during the playoffs, it used to get really, really loud. Like, watch any <sighs> classic, like the place would literally be shaking like an earthquake. Um, but that energy, like debris flying, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 definitely. And you know, like now, twenty seventeen, well, twenty fifteen, they had that wild card game, and I was like the first time. I was like, all right, it's kind of back. Then twenty seventeen, we had our great run. Twenty eighteen, we were all, we only played the wild card game and the ALDS, and we were out. But it still had that energy, even though, like, we lost. 2019 definitely had that energy when I was watching the first round on the playoffs. It had that energy when me and you went to that game. Obviously, we didn't win, but the energy was there. And it was still there. Like, remember, that was a game that CC threw his arm out, and that whole place mm-hmm. was chanting CC's name. And it was, um, you know, it's gotten back there. And to their credit, like they've started to invest around the stadium, like that bullpen area or that bleacher area, um, where you could just stand around and stuff like that. That wasn't there before. Um, they have different areas in the stadium. Like I've saw, I've seen it on TV. I'm not gonna go to the stadium until like it's 100% capacity or something close to 100%. Mm. Um, but I've seen on TV that they've kind of put video boards in front of like the the sections, the little party deck areas in the upper deck. Um, so they're doing stuff to make it look nice, but when it did initially open, like to what you were saying, like it definitely had that vibe where it was like, all right, like this is the most expensive, this is the most expensive stadium, um, ever built in baseball at that point. And it's like, all right, this joint don't got a roof, um, Mm -hmm. the seats and everything, it looks pretty blind to like, you know, me who's getting like the cheapest ticket, it's nothing like special. And that was kind of like my idea. And you kind of confirm, I've heard it. I've never been to those areas. The closest I've been to those areas is that I was up in the Delta Sky Lounge mm. or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. which is like the the second level behind home plate. And they kind of have the same kind of like buffet area, but it's not as um, nice as um, the Legends area that you're you're talking about. Like, even that area, you had to buy yeah, your food. Legends. The only thing that was free was soda mm-hmm. and popcorn. Like, my little brother loved that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, that's the thing I was saying. I was like, all of that money must have been invested into the premium seats and not like, okay, let's make this stadium environment or the, the baseball experience 
or the game day experience great for the guy with the cheapest ticket and great for the guy with the most expensive ticket. There was that disconnect, but now I think they've, you know, closed that gap a little bit. They've closed it. Yeah, the Legends area, that's what it's called. And it was like 2009. It was like the first year, so I had to go. And yeah. my friend got hooked up with these tickets when we went. And literally, I bumped into – I was a doorman at the time in, like, a luxury building. I was at, – at the time, like, that week. And I bumped into the person who, like, earlier in the day, I held the door for it. I held all their luggage and stuff. And I was, like, rubbing elbows with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I laughed at that. That was that was such a coincidence, though. Um, but the last thing I'll say, I'll just use – it could be anywhere. But Yankee Stadium, I've seen it a lot now. It's, it's a, There's a lull in the game. What happens? I hear a noise. Oh, oh fuck the wave. Oh shit! Yeah, the we're doing the wave here, man. Yeah, I get into this like you know it's the stupidest thing, but I get a sense of pride. I'm like, and then they go by, I'm not doing it. I'm like, oh, like no. <laughs> I just see the whole wave go by, and then I was like, all right, hopefully it will stop, and it's coming back around. Shit! Like, yeah. I just think it's so just a cornball thing. It's such a corny thing, and I think it actually like. I mean, maybe yeah, the, my dad was like, "Isn't that that's a National League thing? It's a National League thing. Fuck that." That's yeah, what I would say. It definitely <laughs> is like. Because Joel used to be cussing every time we went to a game. It's like, this is, this is Yankee Stadium. We don't do the wave here. Yeah. And, like, me and him would be the dudes I would just did stand, like, stone face. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, when Make I was a point kid, of it. like, and I used to go to, like, Shea Stadium um, for, like, Mets games. Like, I, you know, we'd do the wave there. Because um, it didn't really have that much, much people. But that brings me to my next point. My biggest peeve mm-hmm. and people, people have heard me say it plenty of times, especially when we're on this show and we're talking about sports, bandwagon fans. Like, I hate bandwagon fans. But I don't mind fair weather fans. There's a very, very, very huge difference between a bandwagon fan or a fair weather fan. A bandwagon fan goes from team to team to team Anytime the ships are down, like, all right, like, I'm not a fan of this team anymore. Oh, this team looks like they're good. I'm not a fan of that team. There's a girl that I went to school with. Um, when we were in school, she was a Los Angeles Lakers fan. So, obviously, what's the, the running joke is like, oh, Yankee fan. Yeah, Laker fan, Yankee fan, and a Cowboy fan. Like, your fans are all of those teams. Like, because you're a bandwagon or you want to be on a popular fan of the popular team but she said oh i'm a fan of our team because of kobe so i was like all right that's cool obviously in kobe's um last few years playing the the lakers kind of went on some lean years and then i see you the next time is oh go dub city like go warriors yeah stephen k and clay um, Splash Brothers, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, like, I thought you were a Lakers fan. Oh, well, you know what? Like, I like Clay Thompson. Like, I got a crush on him, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. So then, obviously, the Warriors kind of have taken a big-ass step back, and they haven't been as dominant as they they have been, you know, in the previous couple of years, right? So guess which team she's a fan of now? Can I guess? Okay. The Nets? Bingo. The Nets? Bingo. Mm-hmm. So first Bingo, Knicks. What Nets. is Nemo? Yeah, so first, 
first she's hardly ever on Twitter, but she comes out like at these random ass times. So first Knicks uh, Nets game, like you know, I'm complaining because um the Knicks actually lost, but they kind of had like a little comeback at the end. They almost could have win, and then you know they 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 came close, but um. You know what I'm saying? What's what's the thing? Um, closest close for but like, no cigar. yeah, close but no cigar. Um, so I was complaining, and she was like, "Uh, so she she DMs me and like she's talking crap, and I'm just like, bro, like, of course, like, the only Nets fans that exist are like in freaking like some chick in Pittsburgh because it was her, and then some dude from like, um, DC." was like hopping on the same like thread like trying to like get at me about the nets so i was like yeah like see these aren't even people that live in brooklyn so long story short it's like bandwagoners and it's just like she was like oh um you should be able to root for the nets and i'm like listen clearly you don't understand new york i'm like new york new york is a Knicks town like period nobody could dispute that like it does like a matter of fact i've always said the worst thing to happen to the nets is that this time where they got like harden kyrie and kevin durant right is around the same time that the knicks have like a decent team because new york would quicker throw their support behind a 42 win or 500 barely in the playoff Nick team than a NBA final runner up 60 win Nets team because that's just how New York is. Like, it's not a bandwagon town. Like, Mets fans don't become Yankee fans because the Yankee fans are good. Yankee fans don't become Mets fans when the rare time in a blue moon that they're good. Um, I, you know, same thing for the Giants and the Jets. Like, I'd support the Jets in their playoff run, but I wouldn't consider myself a Jets fan. I'm still a Giants fan. And I know, Mike, you said you couldn't do that same thing because mm. you're a diehard, true mm. and true, blue Giants fan. Um, I, and I'm pretty sure it's the my, same way for hockey fans, too. Yeah, my biggest rivals are, like, crosstown rivals. That's There's a reason why it's crosstown rivals. Uh, okay, now that you brought it up, uh, well, my thing with the Nets is it's, it's perfect because it's for transplants in New York City who don't have a team, but they want to root for a team, they root for the Nets. Um, they're in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, you know, there's a big – when they came out in 2013 or 2014, right, 2013, 2014, the whole ad campaign was you have a team now like because you couldn't root for the Knicks – so it's the people that moved to New York. I always associate it with that, or just people who you know they like how it looks. They like you know, they like the colors and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, um, you brought this came up to my, this wasn't written down, but um, um, oh, well, wait, I gotta oh, explain no. the difference between a bandwagon fan of fair weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before, fair weather, yeah. Before you go on, mate. So the difference mm-hmm. between a bandwagon fan or a fair weather fan, a fair weather fan, a fair weather fan. It's not that they're a bandwagoner fan or they just give up on their team because their team stinks. It's like they're still a fan of the team, but they don't let that team dominate their life. Like, as a for instance, right, obviously the Knicks have been bad. But those years when the Knicks are like the worst team in the league, right, 
you know, if I got to go out, like, and the Knicks game is on, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, all right, like, I can't because, like, the Knicks are playing, blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, like, the Knicks are already, like, they're playing, like, the Warriors, like, when they were good, when they were really, really good. So it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going out. Like, I'll catch up on a sport, on a score. Maybe it'll be on at the bar we go to, like, stuff like that. Like, that's a fair weather fan. Like, a lot of Knicks fans, like, this season, they're not bandwagon fans. They're just fair weather fans. It's just, like, all right, like, you know, I, I like, I've never left the team, but, you know, what, this team isn't, like, good enough to, like, consume, like, my whole life. As a, for instance, last night, the Knicks, and this is a weird, this is a weird year of 2021 that we're living in. Um, The Yankees are on like a really, really bad like spell at the moment, right? So for the whole week, I've been flipping between the Yankee game and the Nick game because they aren't at the same time. So last night, the Yankees probably played their worst game of the whole season. Like it's been bad and it's like gotten to worse last night. So I'm watching the game and I'm just like, you know, this game is on, it's, it started at 7, but the Nick game doesn't start till 9.30. And, like, I'm watching and I'm watching. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what time is it? All right, like, I'm literally killing time watching the Yankees waiting for the Knicks game to start. I'm like, wow, like, I'm, like, what a time to be alive. Like, I never, I've never, yeah. I never thought this would come. But, yeah, it's a huge difference between a bandwagon Bandwagon just abounds their, their team. A Fairweather fan is just like, all right, dude. Like, I know my team is bad, so I'm not going to waste my time watching them, like, lose by, like, mm-hmm. you know, 20 points or lose a game by, like, five runs or, uh, you know, the Giants. Like, if I got shit to do on a Sunday and the Giants is getting their ass handed to them by the Jacksonville Jaguars, like, let's go to Stu Leonard's. <laughs> yeah. But but is there a uh, caveat? Like, does it have to be when they are good and they're in like the next and they're in the playoffs? The same fair weather guy. Is it officially a fair weather when I don't know they dust out their merch or they buy they go on the internet and buy the jersey that they didn't have? Now they're wearing it again and then they're acting like they've always been following even during the lean year. You know, is that like then you officially become the fair weather friend or? You just wear a casual because you can always be all oh, else is casual. Uh, well, see, you know, um, that's a third. Uh, that's a third ca- category right there. The casual is just a guy like, oh, the New York Knicks. Like, all right, like they're good. All right, I'm gonna watch. Like, that's <laughs> that's a casual fan. The fair weather mm-hmm. is just like, all right, dude. Oh, like, okay, we started off the season and we're like five and three. All right, you're waiting for the you know, the, 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 the bottom yeah. to fall out. And then it just never does. Yeah. It's like, all right, you, cool. you don't put your neck so, out. Yeah. It's like, all right. So now finally my loyalty is, has been rewarded. So I think there's a yeah. difference between the three different things. So there's bandwagon where it's just like, all right, I like this team. We won a couple of times. All right. Oh, wow. Now they're like, the bottom five team in the league. Okay. Now I'm going to jump on one of the like top two teams on the, in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys, they, they suck. Like if you're over the age of like 12 and you're still doing that buddy, like something's wrong with you. Like 
we've talked about this before. <laughs> like once you're 13 years old, yeah, you yeah, have to commit to a team. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's character, man. I can't trust you. Uh, I have one more pet peeve and then I'm going to, I'm sure you have a few more, but this one is a light. It's not as serious. It's, it's more of the, the, the viewing experience at home. All right. So I'll use uh, two examples. Let's say I'm watching the giants uh, when Eli was rocking and rolling and uh, like uh, Joe Buck. All right. So it's like eight minutes left in the fourth. This is giants. Oh, and it's like, we're like on the, the 30, third 35. Eli gets picked off. Um, and then they go to commercial and the first commercial is a silly Eli Manning commercial, him like doing Dunkin' Donuts. It's just a silly commercial and you have to like, just like watch it. Cause like, you're just like seething, but you just have to watch the silly little him acting like a comedian. That stuff always just like frustrates me. I'm like, Oh, so like just the fact that, Oh man, now we're going to lose. But then I got to watch that. That always is like one of those pet peeves where I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to see that. But earlier or in the reverse thing, if we're killing a team and, that commercial comes on, I'll be laughing my ass off like, ah, yeah, like that. Uh, but I don't like seeing those commercials. Um, and then in the World Series, like, or like in the postseason, the MLB, how many times like, it'd be like uh, either a guy on your team or a, uh, an opposing player, they have a commercial. And like Joe Buck would be like, Yankees like down four more outs. And like it goes to the slow pan of the stadium. Then it goes to the commercial. First commercial is one of those commercials where it's supposed to be haha funny and you don't want, you're not feeling it. You have the remote in your hand. You want to just like throw it. Yeah, That's yeah. one of those things. It just bugs me. I'm like, ah, and then like in the football, like you won't watch the game of the week. You won't watch the highlights. You just turn everything off, go to sleep. But then if they win, you'll laugh it up. You'll watch every, you'll watch every highlight. You'll watch it like eight times around. Uh, that's always like with me. Um, just those commercials. Uh, Cause like you already feel bad and you're, you're already getting frustrated. And then that just is like the cherry on top. And you're just like, shit, I don't want to see uh, Eli in a cowboy outfit. You know, I don't want to see this right now. Mm-hmm. Like we'll shoot little fake guns, but that's just a playful one. That's just more of like thing I always bring up. Uh, so you have any other pet peeves as a fan? Yeah. Last one I'll think of, and it comes up like every year. And it's probably more so for like baseball and basketball, like football, I don't mind it. But, like, playoff series, I remember – well, I can't say I, I remember because I'm not that old. But in, like, the four, when television first, like, became, like, a thing in, like, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, like, the World Series, they would have, like, the play-by-play guy for the one team and then the play-by-play guy for the other team. And then they kind of, like – um, each game they'd switch like play by play and color commentary. So in essence, like you, the guy you've been listening to the whole season, like you'd listen to that guy. So like, as a, for instance, like if like the Mets and the Yankees were to play in the world series, uh, it was our same um, formula. It would be like Michael K and, um, What's the guy name for the Mets? Um, Darling, Darling. Oh, oh okay. Could be. I, I'm talking about the play-by-play guy, but all right. Um, uh, yeah. Gary Cohen. Yeah, I think it's Gary Cohen. I, I don't watch the Mets, obviously, so I don't know. I wouldn't know. I apologize. They have a good. They have a good, they have a good. They have a good booth. That's what I've heard, but I, I like don't the watch Mets them. Booth. So. <laughs> I watch Subway Series. Subway Series. I'll listen to them, and I won't listen to uh, uh, Michael K. I like the. I like them. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody was like freaking 
giving them like the the Hercules Hercules for the one game because they were like <laughs> impartial. And I was like, okay. Uh, but the point <laughs> is, I, I I would say like I wish, um, because you said you you you're not a fan of like Joe Buck, but like I'm not a fan of like the TBS guys. Um, oh my oh, god, David, uh, uh, John Smoltz. Well, John Smoltz, I was getting the John. He's a Reggie Miller. He's on Fox, but you like him? Oh, now uh, he is. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of him, and that's another thing. I was like, every time I listen to him, I'm like, oh my god, like, I don't care. You could keep Joe Buck, but like, could you replace John Smoltz with like David oh, yeah. Cohn? Like, you know, I love David yeah, Cohn. I forgot. So I'm just thinking. I'm I like, forgot. Yeah. Perhaps like. At some point, I mean, I doubt it would ever happen because, like, the networks would want, like, their guy. Um, But it would mm. be cool if they kind of went back to that formula where you got to listen to, like, the local guy or at least, like, you know, in baseball, it would be, like, you know, the play-by-play from the Yankees, play-by-play with the Twins or whoever they're playing, um, something like that. And then for basketball... Um, I know hockey does it where, like, the first round of the playoffs, like, you could watch the first round of the playoffs on MSG. So I'm thinking, like, because last mm-hmm. night was, like, I think the first night, uh, probably, like, the second time the season. The Knicks didn't get really any national TV games until, like, the second half of this shortened season because all of a sudden now they're good. Um, as you know, they didn't play on Christmas. Um, with, with, mm, that was a rarity. Yeah, um... But, you know, last night I was missing – and Mike Breen is, like, the ESPN guy. So, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. The Knicks are on ESPN. So, I'm going to get, you know, Mike Breen, who I'm used to because he's our Knicks guy. Jeff Van Gundy, who's a former Knicks coach mm-hmm. that is well-beloved amongst the Knicks fans. And then Mark Jackson, former Knicks, of course, a New York guy. New Yorkers love him. And then last mm-hmm. night we got, like, Marcus – um who was that Marcus Spears or whoever the hell it was and like Richard Jefferson and everybody was like watching the game on mute or like putting on radio to listen to the game yeah everyone was talking about that me and my brother today were talking about how it was just annoying and like that that, that, I don't know it's nothing to do with how he sounds just his attitude was just really really annoying and like the fl- and messing up the flow like the flow was getting messed up during the game and i was like who is that and then it took me a minute to then i looked on twitter i was like, oh richard jefferson oh shit uh but i don't know now i'm now i like joe buck just going back to that but john smoltz i don't want him at all when he was i, I grew he, up with i like him, i like I'm joe buck yeah, yeah. But, but john smoltz I, I, oh my god like but he, he used to do tbs right he used to be the national league thing right i remember that like, uh, like- for a while Every time he talks, it's like coded language for like I hate this fucking team because I lost two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he he's like nobody Rich, he's remembers like, the Braves. They only remember the Yankees. Like yeah, that's all he's saying. He's the uh, MLB version of Reggie Miller for the Knicks, you know. Yeah, pretty much. And then then when we watch the Nick game on TNT, all three, whoever it is. Uh, doing commentary, all three of them. Maybe Mike, you know, Mike brings the ESPN. Like he's like the guy, but he's impartial when he's doing uh, Nick games. Like he won't mm-hmm. even like, you you won't even tell that he does like the the regular uh, MSG games. But like TNT, like Reggie Miller, and then like you know like everyone else, just like anti Knicks like all the time. And it's just like you, now we got to sit through this too. We finally have a national game 
We're doing, we're, oh, we're doing well. Somebody we're even said they was like, oh my god, like give me Hubie Brown. And Hubie's great. Oh my god. That's not even disrespectful <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, that, commentary is a huge deal. And uh, what we used to do a lot was mute the TV and then listen to Michael K on the radio. Even during the yes years, they would revert to the radio uh, when the Yankees were in the postseason. I think in 2009, I think I did that once where I watched, we listened to the radio and it was Michael K. And uh, Su- Susie was gone. Like they got rid of her and it was just, it went back to the how it used to be in the 90s, which was kind of cool. Because growing up on the radio, uh, oh, big part of my, uh, growing up like in, driving in the car uh like on a sunday afternoon was hearing michael k and uh you know uh, uh john sterling were talking and uh it's like always nice then i finally saw michael k on tv i was like i, I did not expect that i didn't his voice did not match his uh his face to me <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, i don't know why but uh hey hey mike green and uh michael k or they grew up together they were uh, buddies and they're my two favorite right now yeah uh, that's, that's interesting yeah, so, so um, if you're listening to this yeah. and you got any sports pet peeves, any sports pet peeves that we didn't cover here, um, or you even want to expand on the stuff we talked about, like please let us know. You got all our social media. You can hit us up and and give us any comments. All right, so WrestleMania just ended and it's a new year for storylines and all that, but now it's a it's something else. Happening now with a lot of talent. Um, the one year anniversary of the 2020, they called it Black Wednesday. It was April 15th, 2020. Uh, apparently, it was because of the whole uh, pandemic and um, budget cuts. They released like dozens of talent and backstage producers and staff. Uh, 2020, it was well in the 20s. And then uh, this April 15th, um, another uh, future endeavor. Uh, tsunami happen and we'll we'll go through who uh who was uh released but the big names is Samoa Joe mm-hmm. um so Samoa Joe uh, if you're on Twitter and you're in the uh internet wrestling community's atmosphere uh, stratosphere you're well aware that people are up in arms and they're uh it's it's one of the biggest topics on Twitter and especially for like wrestling and like pop culture. Uh, so Shook, which names? Uh, go down the list and I'll uh right, so I'll we get a on each person. So we got Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, uh Peyton Royce, uh Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Callisto, Bo Dallas, Mojo Raleigh, Tucker, and Wesley Blake. All right, so Samoa Joe, uh, he had a long career. Uh, he actually started with John Cena in uh, California in the training, uh, the same wrestling camp. Uh, but John Cena went WWE. Samoa Joe was in uh, ROH and uh, TNA Impact slash Impact. But in the last few years, Samoa Joe finally made his WWE arrival. Uh, the rare occasion, him and AJ Styles were able to keep their names, same persona. Uh, they acknowledged that he had this past, so everyone was excited, even though he was in his late 30s at the time already. Uh, and of course, he got older. Uh, he had a few good angles, a uh, few great matches in NXT, and then he went to the main roster and uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, and he wasn't cleared to wrestle yet, um, so they put him in commentary. Mm-hmm. And people, they loved his commentary. When I, I would, agree, when yeah. I would, yeah, when I would listen, I liked what I heard. Uh, but the last time you see 
Samoa Joe on WWE TV. It's him in a poncho in the rain, WrestleMania night one. That's his swan. That was his farewell because he was released. Uh, he was replaced by a former ESPN, uh, uh, Ravi, uh, from uh, Sports Center, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's a budget budget cut because obviously Smojo he can wrestle. Yeah. Uh, who knows about uh, what his salary was? Um, if it was just going to be commentary, and he still wants to wrestle because he's in his like early forties, he's now fifty is a new forty. So uh, he can go in, you know, when he is cleared, he can wrestle somewhere else or just do cut promos because everyone was upset. Like, hey, you had him. You never really used him. Uh, you never let him let him go to do promos because he can go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the great on the mic. He's like a, you know, the CM Punk, uh, that, that generation of uh, pushing the envelope where you think like it's like not comp- you can go with it. Oh, it's not written. You know, like you can, like they actually feel what they're saying, which yeah. is like the whole blandness of WWE now. Yeah, he, yeah, he so, was uh, small joke. Yeah, I always thought like I always said to myself because you know I don't really care for TNA Impact or a global team rescue wrestling or whatever the hell it's called these days. <laughs> I don't care. I never really cared for it. Um, but I always like him and AJ Styles. Those were the guys I always had my eyes on. I was like, if anybody from this could make it in WWE as though, you know, are those two like when he came up and it was like, all right, they only put him on NXT. This was when NXT was kind of on. It's like nascent. Like it wasn't really where it is now. Um, so I kind of looked at it like, all right, like you're putting him in like the de- developmental um, league. Like to me, I, I, I think of it this way. If like, it's like you finding out like um, there was like this baseball player and he had like the talent or he was in like Japan and he was basically like Babe Ruth in Japan and then MLB brought him over but they put they stuck him in like triple A. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I felt about like some yeah, that's like, mm-hmm. that that'd be like Ichiro Suzuki. Like if Ichiro came over and they're like, all right, you yeah, gotta go Matsui, back to you have to go to uh, Wilkesboro. You have to go to Otani, you have to go to Mil- Wilkesboro Anato. for a year. Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah. You know, it's like he clearly has major league stuff and you put him in the minor leagues, but um Triple H um clearly knew what he was doing and he he did this, basically the same thing he was doing in TNA and NXT made it to the main roster, had a great championship program with the you know part-time champion Brock Lesnar. Like I thought their matches were really good. Um, he had a lot of great matches against a lot of other people. So he burst on the scene. AJ. So yeah, he had great matches against AJ. Um, so both of those guys, when they came over, I was like, all right, this is cool. Like now you're in the big leagues now. Cause a lot of people have mm. said that it's like, you know, no way you can't really like deny it. Like WWE is like the, the major leagues. Um, it's a show. So when a lot of people get there, you get excited. And then unfortunately, like Mike said, I guess like these injuries hit, but he, you know, when I popped it on and like he was on commentary, like he was great. And I think that's one of the areas of WWE now that's just like extremely weak. Like it's not JR and Jerry the King Lawler on commentary anymore. It's like Byron Saxton and Corey Graves and you know, Michael Cole is like the one holdover, and it's just 
uh, crazy out they let him go. But Mike, go on. Yeah, and Michael Cole sucks. <laughs> he's dying. I know he's getting yelled at in his ear the whole time, but still. Uh, it reminds me of that botch where like they had the satellite footage of Cole, and he's like, Vince, what do you want me to fucking say? I said it 10 times already, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Uh, all right, so we have uh, the Iconics were a tag team. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they were broken up last year. Uh, they were great heels, uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. They were uh, like Australian or New, Ze- like New Zealand girls. So they were like kind of like the bitchy, uh, mean girls. Uh, they were funny, you know. And, I, and then Peyton Royce or Billy Kay is like a straight up mark. You know, like she's, she's like a legit fan from going back. Like Lita, or no, um, like you see that footage of, uh, uh, what's her name with, uh, with Lita? Uh, uh, AJ, AJ Lee. Like she was a fan, you know, like so, so was Billy Kay. So uh, one of her responses after this came out was very like, like emotional because she finally made it to the show, you know, yeah, and yeah. they broke them up and they split them apart on the brand shift last year, the yeah. brand split last year, and they just didn't have anything for them. Yeah, it's you know? it's sucked because those those are two, um, all of these people like I, I'm very sorry that at least for the moment now they're unemployed, but those two I was like like really surprised because. What do I always say, Mike? Like, I don't really watch every week. I, I know you don't really watch every week as, as much as you used to. The, the product itself is, you know, different. Blend. We're going to get into it once we run through everybody. But, you know, Billy Kay, like, yeah. she had this program. Well, they broke them up. And usually when they break up, like, a tag team, it's like they're going to, like, one of them is going to, or even both, they get, like, pushes as, like, singles competitors and it kind of never really happened. Like, they took Peyton Royce and they just put her in, like, another tag team with, like, um, Lacey Evans. And I guess, like, Lacey Evans now, she's – um, I, I guess she's pregnant now, so she's off, off air. So, I guess, like, that was, um, you know, unfortunate for Peyton Royce because, you know, her tag team partner was gone. Um. So they didn't have anything for her, but Billy Kay, you know, they had like this nice little comedic um segment with mm-hmm. her where she would go around giving her her headshots and her resume to different um wrestlers, like women, men. It's like, hey, like make me let me be your part of your team, let me be a manager, da 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 da. Like and like to me it was one of the more interesting things going on on wwe television it was one of the things like i look forward to seeing being you know basically a casual wrestling fan now because i'm not watching every week but like i always was intrigued by her segments where she's like handing out her her resume and soon as she walks away guys are like throwing it away the same way like when you come out of grand central station and guys are giving you like pamphlets Mm -hmm. Uh, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm throwing out during the garbage. It's like terrible that like, they didn't have them anything for them. Like, they literally, WrestleMania 35 and the Meadowlands, like, they won the tag team championships off of um, Bailey and Sasha Banks. And, you know, yeah. fast forward two years. Yeah. They're unemployed, so that doesn't make sense to me, right? I think it's you have all these, you have hours and hours of uh, they'll, yeah, you had, you had a network, you could have just let them do what they wanted, and people will watch it. Like the AW, they have like like 
like seven hours of stuff on YouTube and they like, have like the, the other comedy bits they do and they have yeah, just let them do their thing. Billy and K then if, became, you, if they catch fire and things are Billy Kay could have been a yeah, manager. Like, like somewhat like some exactly yeah. took like some kind of like guy like guy superstar or even like a, 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 a female um superstar and who's kind of like all right they're kind of like had like a losing streak or whatever or they're kind of like cold so they're like all right like maybe like all right i'll make you my manager and then they could have kind of had like the same thing i mean it's a bad reference because they ended up firing him afterwards after he got hot um or or after he 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 what's what's the term for uh wrestlers when when he got like got, o- got over yeah when he got, got, got over. over um uh Damian Sandow like when they put him with oh yeah Miz, oh, and yeah. Mizdow like he took off and then he separated to it all mm-hmm. and then he ended up getting fired and it's like but yo he was over oh uh, like he, he was it's politics man it, he was more popular incredible. than the Miz. Exactly, but yeah, and then they had him. He was a stunt double because they like they didn't want him wrestling anymore. So instead of just standing there like, "Come on, let's go," like, I'm like he started like mimicking whatever Miz was doing, and yeah. people weren't watching that match; they were watching Sandow, Mizdow. You know, like uh, Sandow. Uh, so, he's great. So it's like they could have yeah. did the same thing with was- Billy Kay, or you could have had something where they reunited. Billy Kay could have been Peyton Royce's manager, and you bumped that up. Um, but it, it was just yeah. weird that, that they had that good thing going with her handing out her CV and her headshot, and mm-hmm. then like, oh, all right, we don't have anything for you. But um, Mike, let's who else is on yeah. this? All right, we also have someone from uh, a generation ago. I love her. She's one of my favorites, Mickey James. Yes. Um, she's been back and forth. Um, <clears throat> this last go around. Um. She had she came back a few years ago. They were doing this like kind of like a cougar thing with her, um, and then she came back again. I was a fan of her. Um, I think I think she might be overall like my favorite of in the ring, out of the ring, just in general. The social media presence too, like she's like sounds like cool. Um, she she she's uh, her husband is the NWA champion right now, Nick Aldis. So I think mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. clear to see she's going to end up with him. And NWA works with everyone. Uh, they work with AEW, so she, you'll see her on TV very soon with Nick Aldis. Uh, yeah, was a fan. Memories of Mickey James. Yeah, it was was Big definitely time. a fan. First time around, I was glad they brought her back. Um, I guess like in her situation, it was like they didn't have anything for her. So unfortunately, it's you know they don't have anything for you. It's like all right, well, you gotta let you go. Um, you know, at some point she'll be back, Hall of Fame, all of that. She deserves it. Yeah. If you weren't gonna make Billy Kay or Payne Royce a manager, you weren't gonna invest in Mickey James. So mm-hmm. if they didn't do it with them, they weren't gonna invest in, you know, male or female, someone like you know, you're in their forties now. Uh and she's been around for over twenty years. She's she's like a uh um she has a long history. She was in WCW too and things like that, way back. Uh Chelsea Green. Um, she has a pre WWE history, pre NXT history, and I was a fan of her in the late 2010s. Um, at when I would watch it because I didn't have the channel anymore. Uh, Impact, they ended up being on like um, Pursuit Network, which is like a, a 
uh, outdoor gaming, fishing uh, channel. You, you had to have like DirecTV or something like yeah, that. For some Chelsea Green. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was something like that, outdoor network. Uh, but Chelsea Green, um, she came out on NXT. Her, her gimmick in Impact was cool. It was like a girl left at the altar. So for the next couple of years, she would wear her like wedding dress and like the makeup and like like she went crazy because she was left at the altar. That was that's an okay gimmick. Uh, and then in, in NXT, she was with uh, the guy who used to play. Um, he played up the whole um, Jersey Shore gimmick like ten years ago in TNA. Whoa, whoa, when he whoa. came over to WWE, he was like a. It, it, no, that's the husband. I'm talking about who she ended up with in TV. It, 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 the, she was with this guy named Robbie. Oh, okay. and he was like a you... uh, slick free age. Uh, yeah, yeah, he. I yeah, yeah I will though. Like, yeah, he, he was. Um, he, he was a male male valet, and he would like be like the cool hotshot uh, agent. Um, but but when when they were together in TNA uh, Impact, he was still doing the whole. He was doing. He ironically was doing what real life fiance Zack Ryder gimmick too. But he he, he was like that version in Impact. And he had like the uh, DJ guy with him. Jim Tan Russell was like his gimmick. Mm-hmm. So they were together again in, in NXT and she kept getting hurt. Um, she never actually really wrestled that much. Um, so maybe it was just time to part ways. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she is engaged to someone who uh, was released during 2020 version of this. Uh, Zach Ryder, AKA Matt Cardona. Woo, 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 woo. Um, yeah, Long Island, uh, true was, Long Island story. And he was the first dude to use because he he came up when um, social media wasn't like all out mm-hmm. with wrestling. Remember when they used to try to um, what's that shit called? Tout, like they was <laughs> they was trying to get you to use tout. <laughs> oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, but that he, was the thing. That's like he, that's like fleet now. That's yeah. Uh, he was the first dude to um use like twitter and instagram and youtube to boost himself and it got him over um so he was like a pioneer on that level and then last year they they dropped him like a ton of bricks yeah they gave him like hey do what you want hey you're not using me uh he's been there since he was like 1920 um that was like the late that was like let's just say like in 2011 2012 he's like let me do something so he started doing a youtube show and this is 10 years ago. So he was doing a YouTube show and it was getting over. Um, like he was the internet champion and stuff. And then WWE noticed that he was getting like six figure uh, views. And then when he hit like a million, they were like, all right, we're going to give you a writer. Uh, we're going to ha- put you under the umbrella of WWE.com. Um, and he's like, oh, this is awesome. Now they'll put me on TV more often. But he said that became a job in itself because all his uh, scripts had to get sent over to Stanford, uh, pre-approved, edited. They would send it back to him, and then they d- demanded it to be sent by like Wednesday at eight a.m. We I need that. We need to have this so our, our producer can like edit it and then upload it. He's like, why can't I just do it when I feel like doing it and when it's like I'm I'm like emotionally invested in this. So that's how I did it before. And they're like, nah, this is how it's going to be, and uh, it, it didn't become fun, fun anymore. Now, yeah. what was the big story last year? WWE said you couldn't use your like real name in uh, you couldn't use your uh, character name on uh, social media like um, on Twitch. So, kind of everything that happened to Zack Ryder ten years ago is happening now or has been happening with talent. So he is truly like kind of like 
the uh, prototype of what happened because he was ahead of his time. So you look at him, everyone who got released, uh, they should take notes from him because he he pretty much is like what what happened before it happened to them because uh, he was ahead of his time with the social media stuff. But yeah, um, so he so he's had okay last year. So everyone else is going to be okay, maybe. Uh, now it's time to fight for your, your career. Uh, Calisto, Calisto mm-hmm. Lucha wrestler. I know the name. Um, I never actually really seen him wrestle. Uh, I know that everyone uh, adding him on Twitter were saying that, oh, now we can have our rematch. Oh, now you can we can finally have uh, another match together because apparently he, pre-WWE, he was uh, kind of a you know big deal, like, had good good matches, so yeah. So I figure he'll bounce back in like Japan or in Mexico. Any, yeah, but he actually, uh, or you know, Impact too, because like you can work in, you can work there twice a month, and then they record like three episodes because uh, there's no audience anymore. Uh, Bo Dallas, uh, brother, shoot brother of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, uh, see, see, also another one where it's like, I'm like, you have Bray Wyatt. Um, he obviously didn't get over with the two different gimmicks, Osbo Dallas, that they had. Um, Bray Wyatt, he's he's hot. But, I mean, even then again, like, Bray Wyatt as the Fiend, like, they're still not, like, mm-hmm. really doing our character, like, justice. Um, but it would have been cool to see him come out as kind of, like, a minion for his brother like that's always the thing that gets you invested it's like oh all right well we are wrestling ain't really like the curtain's already been pulled it's like we know they're brothers um and it's like you know they're not gonna come out like with like an irs gimmick gimmick or anything Mm -hmm. like that but it's like oh like you know maybe he could have like brought both you know him and bo dallas could have had like a some kind of like program where they fought and then he took him to like the firehouse funhouse and like threw him into like a swamp or something. And then when he came out, he's like, all right, now you're my brother. And like, mm-hmm. you know, they could have played that up. And then, you know, what's the thing with Bray Wyatt? You figure he's this gen he or what they were kind of implying, um, probably not what they wanted to imply, but the idea is like he's about to be this generation's undertaker. So now you would have had uh, Undertaker Kane with him and Bo Dallas because Bo Dallas is actually like pretty like talented like in ring. Um, would you say? Would you say that, Mike? I agree. Um, yeah, his lineage speaks for itself. You know, like uh, like you mentioned IRS, like his the father is Mike Rotunda, uh, IRS. Um, his uh, godfather or maybe his uncle, I forget. Barry like Wyndham. Barry Wyndham. Mm-hmm. Blackjack yeah, Mulligan, Black Jack he has all that they have that lid, and then then somebody else. So, but then there's another then his son too. Yeah, so they could have actually of, did uh, what, the royalty, they, you know. What they got wrong with um Cody and Goldust, they could have got right with Bo Dallas and because you know Cody was working, but then they turned him into like Stardust to be like Goldust. But mm-hmm. in the flip side. Bo Dallas wasn't really working, but Bray Wyatt is. So it's like turn Bo Dallas into mm-hmm. Bo Wyatt or whatever, and you know they could have changed it, made it like sound like a southern 
um, name instead of B-O, it would have been B-E-A-U, Dallas. Oh, that's his, that's his real name. I think his real name is Bo, or Bo Wyatt or something um, like that, yeah. Rotunda, yeah. And then Bray Wyatt's real name is like Wyndham Wyatt or something like that. I mean, Wyndham Rotunda or something. And I'm glad we're brainstorming um, ideas because when we get to the end of this, I'm going to tell you yeah. what <laughs> I feel was the mm-hmm. downfall of literally everybody on this list. But go on, mate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, well, then I'll maybe I'll, hey, you had a decade to do this because Bo Dallas came to NXT in 2013 and came up in 2014. Uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, he's like uh, 2010, 2009, because he was part of the first NXT uh, when it was like a TV show on, Husky, you know, Husky Harris. Husky Harris. Um, so maybe they didn't want to do it, but maybe they were, the opportunity came up and they're like, now nah, we don't want to, we don't want to do that. Maybe. And then I, there's an article from a couple of months ago with Bo Dallas where uh, it was about him hey, getting ready post in-ring career. It was an article about his post in-ring career. And then he goes, oh, I'm ready. I already have a successful realty business. So, you know, uh, they're, all, you know they're all like family men. Maybe he, uh, he's, he wants to take a step back. Because if you grew up in this business, like he's like third generation or whatever, maybe it's not like it was a job for them and they, they're not that passionate about it. And they're like, all right, you know, it was a job. I'm ready to move on. Uh, it's a shame Bodaus is with Kurt, uh, Curtis Axel, Joe Henning, Mr. Perfect Son. They should the bed with that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a nice guy. I met him at a show, uh, at an autograph thing. I, I was like, so much opportunity missed on that one too. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, then we got the Mojo Rally. Mm-hmm. He was with uh, Zack Ryder. So Zack Ryder's gone. Same year. They use Mojo Rally as kind of like a a way to bring in uh, Gronkowski. Gronk, yeah. So they got that from him. So in the year since, um, you know, he's by himself again. They didn't use him. So now he's gone. I'm done with this one. <laughs> so he's out of here now, too. What did uh, you think about Mojo Rally? He was an NFL guy. Yeah, like, Football, I like well, them. You know, he was, so I like them when he was with, um, I like them when he was with Zach Ryder. Um, I think what happened was he was definitely supposed to be like the caddy, um, much in the same way that um, Damian Priest is like basically like the mm-hmm. caddy for um, is basically the caddy for Bad Bunny. Um, Bad Bunny? And it, you know, caddy essentially it's kind of like a baseball term where like okay, like. You know, this guy, he's an outfielder, but he's pretty old. So if, like, we're up big or down big, like, there's this designated dude on the bench that will sub him out for, um, mm-hmm. essentially to carry the team, you know, to carry that guy through the year because, like, playing a full season is too much for him. So um, Mojo Raleigh would have kind of been like his tag team partner, Gronk's tag team partner because he did have a WWE contract, but he, um, unretired, went back to the NFL, won the Super Bowl. obviously he's still playing. Um, so I guess essentially to WWE, it was like, all right, well, what's, what's the use of having a Mojo Raleigh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of things I heard about uh, Mojo Riley. Like he was kind of like the NFL in. Uh, with Damian Priest, we didn't talk about it with Bad Bunny. Uh, it was a little too much, but that was a really good showing. Oh, by Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny is great. He's uh, the dream. That's what all yeah. of us wanted to do when we were kids. 
and he he put yeah, on like a great show, impressive show, and it, dudes are legitimately like, you know, they don't like when guys invade, um, you know, rappers like to mix it up with athletes, and athletes like to mix it up with rappers or mm-hmm. wrestlers. It's like, listen, like this is our locker room, this is our show. You're a guest, like. Randy Orton mm-hmm. gave him the highest praise. He's a like he's a WWE superstar. Like he put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like he was putting in five to eight hours a day training, and you saw the fruit of his work at yeah. WrestleMania 37. He said that like like an out like a, a non WWE like a like a legit you know like publication asked Randy Orton about the Fiend thing. He's I don't want to talk about the Fiend. I want to talk about Bad Bunny. I seen this guy. He comes in. I'm like, all right, who's this guy? I see he's doing. He's taking time out of his career do five hours a day at the gym, you know, he's training, you know, I have much respect. So he gave him the, the blessing. Um, uh, what do you call it? But I, apparently Randy Orton is like, he's like, he's into all this stuff. Like, you know, he had that whole thing with uh soldier boy and like, <laughs> Randy Orton's like, he, I, thought I, always, was about to be I can't soldier, wait to hear from him again. I thought soldier boy was about to come out. <laughs> like soldier boy was in that box with, well, with a lot yeah. of <laughs> well, Why don't, like, why, why don't they like let Randy Orton be Randy Orton? You know, I don't know. Um, but Brad Bunny got like a uh, big ass like following. Like his tickets for like his uh, concert is his tour next year is already like sold out, and people are trying to like sell like limbs in order to go mm-hmm. to it. But he, you uh, can tell he really loves like the thing. Like his first big video with Drake, like he had on the Latino Heat shirt, and that's the reason why I went and mm-hmm. I got the Latino Heat shirt because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you could buy Book- that. And then he had the video with Booker T too. Had the Booker T song. He's been on WWE, went on Saturday Night Live and performed with the 24-7 championship. Like, he was really into yeah. it. But we, we My only critique just... is, like, uh, not even a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, it was too good. Like, I'm like, oh, like, oh, you just have to, you know, like, it was too good. Did Like, the fan in me, I'm like, hmm. I wanted him to struggle a little more, like, in the storyline. Because, like, if Miz is getting his ass like right away, you know, pretty much. I thought Damian Priest was going to be more, more the person in the match. And then, like you said, like then like Bad Bunny would get called in for the hot tag. But like it was the opposite because Damian Priest is actually kind of, he's like injured. So they had to do the reverse. Mm. So in me, I'm like, this is his first match. He's like kicking ass. So I was kind of like, oh, whatever. But that, this isn't a review of WrestleMania. Uh, Damian Priest is a New York guy. He used to be an ROH. His name used to be uh, you know, Punishment. Uh, a guy from Brooklyn, an important guy from Brooklyn, I think he is. So I'm glad he's like doing his thing in WWE now. Um, yeah, so we also have uh, Tucker. Okay, to be honest, don't didn't know who he was. Yeah. I know that he was part of Heavy Machinery. Yeah, with, and I, uh, Otis, that was like a, a dead end um, storyline, too. Like him and Otis, like he screwed Otis over because Otis like won money in the bank and then like he screwed the money in the bank briefcase. He screwed them over or not, and they never had like a payoff or even like a match. Mm-hmm. It was kind of something that was just like left in left in the weights, and I didn't, I couldn't remember his name for anything. That's why I was like, "All right, Tucker, I don't know who that is, so I can't um, say too much about him." But you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for so, him, he got you know his yeah, people. and so so on his because everyone. Of course, like Chelsea Green, uh, her thing was she wanted to, uh, she was like, all right, time to make a podcast. Like she was trying to like, okay, like that was her first uh, 
public uh, message was like when it came out was like, all right, now it's time for me to work on my pockets. Like, let's turn this into a positive and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, his thing, oh yeah, his thing was, um, I cannot wait to tell the truth. It was some of that, like, like, like he was like held down. I'm like, I'm like, is he going for the post WWE delusional gimmick now? Like, he was supposed to be like the next. I'm sorry, brother. You know, like, sorry, brother. But um, like, use this. The best you could do now. The best thing for people that like that who we don't. As a super fan like me, I don't even—I'm not really that familiar with. Use this for your advantage, and play it up, and be like, "All right, I was held down. Turn this into your next gimmick, sort of, and like get people to notice you." While strike with the iron's hot, we're like, "All right, I had all these ideas, and they didn't let me do it, so now it's my time." If it's true or not, just like use this as like to get eyeballs on you, because now I know. Now I'm following this guy. I'm like, I'm going to see like, you know, he was like, "Oh, nothing's going to get done with that old man in charge." Like he was talking about Vince and. So like use this as a thing and who knows? Cause this is everyone else like Zach Ryder used it too as like I was held down. So, um, and there was a, another gentleman named Wesley Blake, but he was also released. Yeah. I'm so, not, uh, I'm not your, um, yeah. Again, I'm not that I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a lapsed WWE guy. So people still on the, on the, on the roster were uh, tweeting about this too. Like uh, Trinity Fatu, Naomi, she was like, you know, this is hard heartbreaking i can't believe that it's like it's like but she's still like an employee she's not an employee she's still like on the roster so um that's kind of a big deal like where people aren't just like going with the company they're kind of like feeling for their friends and like uh using twitter to say they don't agree like you know you, okay. you, you, what do you think about that okay so last year because clearly this is like the anniversary of this whole thing so last year a lot of people got fired a lot of people are like surprised me. For one, like Rusev, who you know bounced back and he's Miro now on AEW. Like to me, I was just like, he was one of them dudes where it's just like, I'm waiting for the big push, like him to have his title run, like, um, like the title run that Drew McIntyre had last year or the year that Drew McIntyre had last year. Like Rusev should have had a, a year like that. Like Drew McIntyre definitely deserved a year like that. Um, so I'm not saying like he shouldn't have had one. I'm saying like Rusev definitely deserved that kind of like push as well. And guess what? Creative had nothing for him. The storyline they left him on or went the storyline he left WWE on was very distasteful. Um, and everybody all around didn't like it. Um, and then another person I got fired that surprised the hell out of me because he'd been a referee for WWE mm, literally yeah. since I was a kid, Mike Shiota. I was like, how the hell you get rid of Mike Shiota? Um, mm. like he's, he's, he's been, he's basically like the Earl Hebner of like today's day. And like now Nick Patrick, who was somebody who came over from WCW, he's like the longest tenured referee now, or he's mm. a senior official now in, in, in the referee department. And then the last person from last year was um, a young lady who bounced back and she's on AEW and I follow her on Instagram. I, you know, I don't watch AEW. Um, if I don't watch WWE, I hardly watch AEW. Not because it sucks, just because my interest isn't there anymore. But I follow her because I'm like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. Like she's beautiful. And it's a young Brazilian lady, um, lady uh, woman, 
uh, Taylor Conti <laughs> person. Yeah, I, I wanted to get the right. I wanted Take to get Conte. the right term. Um, but she's fine, so I still do. Take Conti. So I, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, oh, she's cute. Like, but it's like this video, and she's like very emotional, and she's like, all right, it's April fifteenth, a year ago. I was really lost. I didn't know uh, what I was going to do. And look at me, you know, long story short, she was like, look at me now. Like I'm challenging for the AEW Women's Championship and I'm going to bring it and I'm not going to let this opportunity go to waste. And she's really interested. And it's like WWE like just dropped her like a bad habit. Um, but as you can see, through all of these different people, like me and Mike, we bounce ideas. Like all of these people, we had ideas. Like, all right, this is how we could use them. Blah 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 blah. But I think WWE in general has a, a creative problem. Like it's just not that interesting, especially for me, a person where I'm not too too or I'm not too much about like the in ring stuff. Like I love like the drama and the storylines and stuff like that. It's like all right, these two people are fighting. I want to know why, why they're fighting. And back in my day, the attitude area, but seriously, W, like, you know, I came in on the tail end of WCW, but I came in on the attitude area era and both shows, like, for WCW, it was three hours, two hours? Uh, for a year, yeah. Uh, Late 90, uh, 98 and 99, it was two, uh, three hours. Then they went back when they were getting shitted on. They went back to two. But yeah, it was three hours on Mondays for a while. All right, but two hours, three hours. 11. But guess what? Like all of them hours that I, the hours that they were on TV, every single segment was something you could get invested to. WWE, like everything now, it's like, it's kind of like, all right, like, all right, this is kind of interesting. But it's not interesting enough for me to be like, oh, I got to tune into SmackDown next week to see. Like, I was waiting for Roman Reigns to become heel. And now mm-hmm. I think, like, this head of the table thing has kind of, like, run its course. It's like, all right, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, But like I said, I think it's something about the creative process. And then the last thing I'll say um, is that last year they kind of had the cover with the pandemic, but this year it's like, you really don't because you sold WWE network to NBC universal. So you made money off of that. They've had record numbers in revenue over the last year. Um, so it's, they, they, they're not losing money. So some of these firings, it's like, you can't really say it's, it's because of like economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they made money because they stopped touring, uh, and they're gonna start touring again. Apparently, they they already announced it. The there's this Nikon, I think he's like the new guy. He um, no relation. So they're gonna go back to a full schedule. Yeah, just ironically, yeah, just ironic. Um, mm-hmm. Spelled the same way and everything, but uh, they could have used. Um, I don't know. See, I'm back and forth on this because people were complaining that in 2019, like, let Mar- let let Rusev go, let people let these people go. You're not using them right. Let them have the opportunity now that AW came out uh, early 2019. They announced it, so it's already two and a half years. So all of the, through 2019, they were like, let these guys go. You know, let them go. Let them um, let them go. 
Um, so then now they do. And then the internet wrestling community is like, oh, you made them. Now they don't have a job, you know, all of that. But it's like, it's kind of like WWE, no matter what, is like damned if they do, damned if they don't. Like they're like, it can go with anything on Twitter. Like WWE is just like shit on it. You know, like, so like, even if they do something like positive that you can agree with, the next day it's like, the next thing is going to, you know, cancel that out. So I'm always like, because I'm a, I grew up on this. Like I'm always hoping for the best, like half half full guy when it comes to that. I think that uh, with the right spark, you can get back to a time where you 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 are going to want to watch this again. Like the last time I enjoyed watching this was like 2013, and for seven years prior to that, I I hated it. I didn't watch it anymore. And that was 20 2007. That's 15 years ago. It was the last time I actually was like emotionally involved in this but I'm, i still watch it though um, so i always have hope that um with the right creative direction and then that's the debate like what would it be would it be another scandal because they've had plenty of scandals uh they're not going to lose money like the attitude era was born from the brink of bankruptcy you know they were like almost going to go out of business they were, they, they could have been the ones to sell to wcw and that's like when you're like all right gloves are off Let's just fucking go. Like, let these people like Stone Cold for is a perfect example. Uh, in like '96, the guys who were the attitude face of the attitude era. '96 was the year. You mm-hmm. had Steve Austin come in. They gave him the Ringmaster gimmick. They wanted to make him a mechanic because, ha ha, he was a mechanic in the ring. So they were like, hey, let's make him a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, because it was his job back then. They still did jobs. Mankind was just going to be a monster for Undertaker to take care of. But Mick Foley was doing great promos as Mankind in Mankind's voice, but it was also his voice. Like he, the same gimmicks he did, the same uh, promos he did in WCW and um, ECW as Cactus Jack, it was like, it's me, it's like Mick Foley. But he was able to do that as Mankind in a time where it was still cartoony. And if you go back and listen to that, he was using himself, but through the character of Mankind. Uh, the Rock, you know, they, they gave him that whole friendly smile, big smile, Rocky Maivia. They had the opportunity just to like be themselves again and work on their own character, and now I have, uh, I had it next to me, but like, like that, you know, the faces of wrestling. Now I was like, you know, Mick Foley. Everyone knows Mick Foley. Everyone knows Stone Cold. Everyone knows The Rock, biggest star in the world. Um, I think even if you have like your own writer, like The Rock had like Vince Russo. They worked together all the time. Stone Cold had him. They worked together, but you didn't have a room full of writers just like coming up with generic gimmicks and storylines. Okay, give it to this guy. Give it to that one have them read the story. It's like a, like a soap opera. Like it's like mm-hmm. a, like a TV show back in the day. All right. So Shug, you're going to be a gigolo. Your character's going to be a gigolo. So you're going to be that for the next 20 years. So you damn well are going to be invested in that character. You're going to make it the best. If, um, you know, you lived with that character back then. Like when you saw, if you, if I saw you in a gas station on the road, Oh my God, that's Shug. And you were in character still. Um, you had to like be that character. Now it's kind of like, all right, yeah, I played this character. I played Jiggle, but I'm really like playing video games. It's kind of like that where it's like, give the, um, give the, the talent uh, the ability to make it their own. Cause they're going to have to live with it. You know, that's like their thing. Then it'll, it'll then you'll see uh, more believability. And cause at this point when I watched it, I'm like, they're not into it. They're just reading like basically a cue card, like it's SNL. So final thoughts this week, Mike. Okay, so we talked about our pet peeves as sports fans. Uh, I broke it down as uh, the live experience, like being there and watching it on TV. 
Um, I still have, I still have the same pet peeves. Um, I haven't been able to go to like live events. Um, but now I'm missing them. Like I'll take all the pet peeves. I'll take all that. Hey, I'll do the damn wave now. All right. As long as I can get back to the games. Um, but yeah, I, I use the Yankee stadium as like the model or like the, 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 the field of where every, all this stuff plays out. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just kind of like, we always talk about, Oh, I'm a New Yorker and stuff. I just think there's some, some like unwritten rules. Like when you go to the, when you go to the stadium, uh, maybe I'm just, a, I'm a schmuck with that and I should just loosen up. Uh, um, but watching on TV, uh, again, like it's not, it's not the same. Cause even during the last season well, with the empty arenas and stadiums and everything, it didn't have the same uh, vibe to it. But again, like when it's like a serious game and I hear, um, like let's say Joe Buck is talking about, oh, this is gonna be, they're already getting they're already talking about like the next game coming up or like the yeah. graphics pop up and it's like uh, they're already saying they're 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 already lost and I'm like come on man that, that pisses me off and then they go to the commercials and like I see like Eli acting a fool and all that stuff and that always is like that's a playful irking you know that's like ah it's annoying uh, again pet peeves aren't supposed to be like deal breaker thing it's just annoying annoying things but at this point I'll take all take them all now. To go back to a game, go back to a giant game and stuff. Uh, with wrestling, the the future endeavors. Apparently, we're recording this on Saturday night. Apparently, uh, there's going to be like more, but that mm-hmm. might just be like back backstage people. So I don't know. I think during our t- segment, I didn't really like uh, give WWE side of side of it. But then again, it's a corporation, and uh, McDonald's they will do anything they can to make one cent more every year. That's the nature of corporations. You know, that's what they do. They want to make the most money. Like, um, so I can't, I can bring up an analogy, like one of those, like you're going to get mad when like the snake bites you or something like that. Like that's the nature of corporate business. Uh, it's, and it's, and again, like it's not a job for life, no matter what, like people get fired. Uh, it's just a shame that uh, a lot of them didn't even have the opportunity to fight for the job because they're on the shelf. Uh, oh, we don't have anything for you. Well, just, you have all this airtime. You have all this content space. Let them go out there and, you know, I'll use AEW as an example. Um, like the Dark Order, they let them start being funny. Uh, they use other outlets to get their uh, personalities out. They do their character uh, on, on TV. They show their character. They have a comedy thing where they can use their personality which is a mixture of their on-screen character and their real life selves. And they also let them go on numerous podcasts. AW people are allowed to go on any type of podcast. Like they had Chris Jarko on Stone Cold's thing, you know, like they, 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 in like their real voice. I, people get over with me when I hear them on people's podcasts as themselves. Like I would, I didn't care less about this one guy. I saw him on a, a interview recently. I'm like, Oh, I love this guy. This guy's great. Like I, I related to him. I saw three of them this week. I related to the person. Now I'm a, I'll buy a ticket and watch them wrestle. And it had nothing to do with a uh, soap opera style backstage segment that's not believable to begin with that WWE keeps handing it to me. Uh, so WWE's thing is embrace reality because we all know, you know, social media, embrace it. You can't um, micromanage every single thing. They're like micromanaging things that haven't even, aren't even popular. Like, I understand if you have this like big, like a new type of rock type guy, and then you go, okay, let me let me pay attention to this and let me try to uh, 
focus on this and let me nurture this. They're trying to nurture something that's like, you know, dead on arrival. Like you don't even, you don't even care about it. So like it's gone, it's done to begin with because there's no, there's no room for the person to, to breathe. They're trying to control it so much that it just like, it feels so stiff, you know, it feels so bland and we don't believe it. The person portraying the character doesn't believe it. So it's not going to happen. So I think things need to loosen up again. And I'm not sure if that means, um, I know we, we always, like you're going to say, like Vince, I think it's just let people have more room to breathe. And if it fails, it fails. Because at this point, everything they're giving us is going to fail anyway. Because it's too, it's too constrictive. It's too, it's too stiff. It's too stifling, you know. So that's my uh, two thoughts on our subjects today. Chug. Yeah, man. Enlighten me. Yeah, so pet peeves. Um, shout out to Joey Molinario, funny ass dude. I said I'm like blocked because I block all the barstool <laughs> guys because I assume they don't like like my ilk. Take with that what you will, but it did. He 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 is really entertaining. So it it, it, it definitely that thing with you know having to ask a bar, um to change the channel when a sports game is on like what was the point of you having like tvs on like I, I know i've been to like restaurants and shit where they have like property brothers on and it's like you don't even have the volume <laughs> up so what's, what's the point here um <laughs> so we brought up like a lot of pet peeves um i'm planning to hopefully put that that part up on um the youtube channel so people can interact and engage in it and you know, give their thoughts on, you know, their own pet peeves. The WWE releases, like, I, I hate to see anybody lose their job, especially, um, you know, unless you've done something in order to be fired, then, all right, like, you know, you control your destiny there. But a lot of these people, you know, we talked about, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of interesting ideas and a lot of different ways you could have went with their character and they chose, um, not to, um, Mike said that there may be more in store. So I'm, I'm afraid to see who they start letting it go because, you know, us being, as Mike says, um, laps fans, you know, some of these people are like actually people who, I'm far more interested in than the guys that's on TV now. Like I like Samoa Joe, I like Billy Kay, I like Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Hall of Famer in my book. Chelsea Green didn't really get to see her much, but I follow her on Instagram and she seems cool. I'm Callisto wasn't really like a big fan because after a while they had like Callisto and they had this dragon and that dragon and Lucia Warrior, this person, and all of them were like Rey Mysterio knockouts to me. But he's somebody who was pretty big before he got into WWE. He's going to probably end up being pretty big in wherever he goes anyways. Bo Dallas comes from a wrestling family. Um, Like Mike said, Mike said he possibly, um, you know, started to look at, you know, it's, it's like, oh, all right, you know, for us it'd be like, you know, working at your dad's like mechanic shop, um, rather than doing what you want to do, um, and a lot of these people, admittedly, so like if you watch the the WWE um network 
uh, Brooklyn School session with Randy Orton. He was like, the last thing I wanted to do was become a wrestler, but he he admittedly was like, you know, I didn't have anything. I got kicked out of the Marines. I didn't have anything else to do. You know, my name already carries value. I know it'd be that much easier for me. So maybe Bo Dallas looked at it that way. Like, all right, my name's Bo Rotunda. So I'm IRS's son. So, you know, it's easy for me to get in. Um, And now he's probably found other things in life that um, he's probably better at. Uh, Mojo Raleigh, interesting character. Um, maybe he bounces back, tries to hang on, you know, get into maybe goes back to football. Um, Tucker, maybe he bounces back and finds himself on impact or AEW. And Wesley Great, we don't know too much about him. So maybe in like four or five years, he's like the top guy in AEW, and you know, he'll look back on this day as a day of growth and opportunity. Um, but while we're talking about WWE, um, the next eight weeks or so, I don't know if it's eight weeks, but there's eight episodes, um, WWE hooked up with A&E. I know when I was growing up, like biography was a big show. Um, Mike might, might remember that. Um, matter of fact, on A&E, that was the first time I saw Bret Hart wrestling with shadows and that's when I was like a yeah. yeah, I was back when I was like just getting into wrestling, watching that at my grandma's house when I was eight years old. So I'm really excited because it seems like this is gonna be very much like a third party type of thing. And it's not gonna be influenced by the subjects, it's not gonna be influenced by WWE, it's gonna be very real and very telling, and these will be every Sunday. So tomorrow night, they're starting off with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is my favorite wrestler of all time. I think we've that's, that's already been evident on the show. So I was telling Mike, you know, the same way we did Bachelor, because Mike's been looking for a new program for us to chronicle and react to. Um, so we'll, we'll be watching these every week. And um, giving our reaction and feedback and probably putting them up on the YouTube channel. But Mike's been hard at work pumping out YouTube videos. I've been hard at work pumping out YouTube videos. So hop on there, check out some beer reviews, check out some story times, um, all our different exclusive videos. We got a great big back catalog. Like, Mike, we might have like almost like 100 plus videos on there at this point like we've really been churning them out um the dmx segment if you didn't listen last week that's up on there mike added a lot more visuals um spectacular stuff to it um you know we're gonna keep pumping out our usual stuff um perhaps most likely um, depending on the the Derek Chauvin trial, if the verdict comes out Friday, um, whatever that may be, hopefully it's a just one. Um, we'll be reacting to that next week. So as far as episode 49, you can expect uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and e biography and reaction to Derek Chauvin trial. If it's not over by then, we'll have other stuff. But thank you guys for listening. 
This has been Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney.